This is a Need 10 Media production. Welcome aboard, my friends. Nate Clayberg here. In this episode, I thought I'd set the stage for this podcast on why I'm so excited to produce this show, but I want to give you some insight into how I got here on my career adventure. Again, in this show, I'm going to introduce you to jobs, careers, and work that many people don't know about and how people can get in those roles. As I was preparing for this, and this is uh, you know the stories of my career adventure, I started listing all of the job titles um, or work that I have done since I was 14, 15 years old. And not thinking the list would be very long, turns out it's extremely long. And uh, as I get through this, and this is episode one, uh, there very well may be a continuation part B of episode one uh, as uh, as I go through this, uh, looking at part-time jobs, looking at jobs while I was in college, looking at uh, my first career uh, op- op- opportunities I had in, in broadcasting, and uh, and then how I ended up all the way here uh, to be sitting here talking to you and, and the work I do of, of helping students and helping people uh, discover the work they're wired to do and and put a plan into motion on how you can reach that point. All right, as I'm thinking back part-time-wise, baseball scorekeeper. That was the first job that uh, that I had, you know, when you say getting paid for, and I think I was getting paid by the game. It was uh, like a middle school, uh, middle school, junior high age baseball. And uh, I had the guy that ran it. Guy's name's Mike Larson. Graduated with his uh, daughter Jessie from high school. Uh, drove around this uh, white cargo van every summer, full of baseballs, all the baseball equipment, everything you needed uh, to be out there. Kind of a mobile uh, office, if you will, and equipment storage. Came up to me and asked me if I'd uh, want to keep score for the games and maybe make a little extra money. I thought, okay, I like money and uh, like sports. Let's do it. Uh, so got into that, and uh, he showed me first off how to how to keep baseball. Um, I would say, did I know uh, always if it was an error or a hit? Uh, no. Still today, when I call baseball games, I have to sit there. I'm a little more uh, 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 generous, I think, when it comes to deciding if it's a hit or an error. Uh, did have one, uh, uh, he would have been a year older than me, jump me uh, on my way home on my bicycle uh, because I messed up his batting average and uh, called him on an error instead of uh, a hit. Um, I made it through that. Uh, there was no uh, physical altercation, but uh, let's just say uh, it shook me a little bit. So that made me start thinking about uh, how do I call or a hit or an error. So I did that uh, as a starting out and then ended up working uh, part-time as a grocery clerk at a, high, at a food uh, a grocery chain in the Midwest, uh, in Iowa, in Webster City, Iowa, where I grew up, called Hy-Vee. Uh, maybe you've heard of it if you're in the Midwest or passed through. Um, came into there, and we did the bees. Uh, at that age, you didn't check out. You uh, uh, you didn't get that honor just yet. So you had to take care of the drive through People pull up. They have their car. They open their trunk, their back seat. You You get the groceries in there. Uh, sometimes you'd see some interesting things when you'd open those doors and the trunks and uh, kind of wonder um, what do they do when they're not at the grocery store. So, um, yeah, there were some interesting things you'd see. But when we do the bees at night, your job was to do uh, cleaning the break room, cleaning the bathrooms, and stocking the beer cooler. 
So to me today, you know, one of those three sounds fun. So uh, that obsession uh, or that, uh, not obsession, it, maybe it turned into obsession, but uh, even today in, in my uh, soda cooler or my beer cooler or wherever it is, I always got to make sure that uh, those cans are lined up so I can see the face uh, of what's out there. So that was that habit. But uh, learning to mop floors and cleaning toilets and break rooms and uh, being frustrated with your coworkers who really can't pick up after themselves. Um, that's where I started to learn uh, that trade. But uh, I still think about this uh, lately when I think about work ethic and, and students I work with and how do you get them to focus on what they need to do or how do you get them to look at working uh, or, or doing a, a chore or a task without having to be asked. And he was back there. Guy's name was uh, uh, Tom Gordon. Uh, he was a shift manager at hy V. Uh, whether he hears this or somebody knows Tom Gordon from Webster City, I remember getting called up to the office, and, uh, and he saw me just kind of hanging out through the aisle, taking my time, uh, even though there was things to do. I just maybe didn't realize it at uh, 15 years old or however I was. Um, and he was like uh, pointing out that it showed kind of lazy. There's work to do. He kind of called me out on it. And that's something even today when I work with students, um, I feel like people do need to get called out. They do need to be shown maybe how they're behaving or how they could behave better. And I think Tom did that because he knew I was capable of it. He knew I was uh, just didn't know. And that's, that's the thing we say. We know what we know and don't know what we don't know. And I didn't know that you should just go find something else to do and start learning that knowledge uh, to, to, to pull shelves, to straighten and, and face cans is what they called it, uh, or to clean something up when you're in a job, you know, pushing in chairs if you're uh, uh, working at a restaurant or uh, wherever it happens to be, you know, always trying to leave the place better than you found it. So as I'm getting into this, I'm thinking through, I've only gotten through, what, two jobs right now, and we're already six minutes into this. This very well may be a three-part episode. We'll see how we uh, move through. Uh, but going from a, a grocery clerk, and then I uh, got a job at the local swimming pool, brand new swimming pool in Webster City, Iowa in 2001, had a water slide, had everything, a waterfall. Uh, went in there, working as a concession stand worker, ended up uh, also getting my uh, certification to uh, save people in three feet of water. Uh, as a lifeguard uh, for the water slide. So uh, I figured, okay, let's do that. And then also got into maintenance. So a uh, buddy of mine, Kyle Kepler, who's the head track uh, and cross-country coach at the University of Utah, uh, one of my best friends growing up and still is today, uh, it was him and I were kind of the uh, the pool crew as we were brought in to set up sprinklers. And then we took care of the pool, learned uh about chemical treatments and learned about uh, cleaning toilets and finding things in bathrooms that uh, we just don't want to talk about or ever remember again. Uh, but we kind of were given our uh, own chance to just uh, uh, come in at 7 in the morning and get that work done by 10 uh, before swim lessons and all that stuff started showing up. But that was another one. Uh, uh, Ken Harfs, who has since passed away, uh, was the manager of the park and rec department uh, in in Webster City, and uh, Kent was a great guy. Did triathlons and a very soft spoken. Uh, but I remember uh, Ke uh, Kep and I were just kind of hanging out as we were getting sprinklers done, and that was our job. That's what we were asked to do, and we we're just kind of hanging out. I think I was sitting in a lifeguard chair, and uh, Kent called me into his office and basically said, "What are you doing?" Uh, as I was, uh, I was sitting there, I was like, "Well, I'm just I'm waiting for the sprinklers." He says, "Well, 
there's other things to do. And it comes back to uh, what I picked up at the grocery store uh, of being aware that people are always watching and they're always evaluating. And especially when you're getting paid, it, it adds that extra thing to it to, to try and understand what do you need to do uh, while you're working for somebody. Um, and using that time effectively. So uh, I, I miss Kent, and uh, he was one that I'd love to have on this show. Uh, but uh, I, it was it was great that uh, I got to know him uh, while I did. But as I was going through that, uh, I radio had piqued my interest. And um, if if you don't know me or just listening to this, I I've got that radio voice. I started doing this uh, officially getting paid for back when I was, I think, 16 years old at a radio station called KQWC. But I also had the little, little, uh, speaker that would sit on the deck of the Brian Gates, our neighborhood, uh, one of the friends in the neighborhood when I was growing up and we were playing wiffle ball games and I'd sit there and call out, uh, play by play or PA. Uh, that's when I last remember or first kind of remember getting into, uh, liking this announcing thing. And uh, even sitting, listening to radio and listening to the people at our local radio station when there'd be sports or they'd be playing music or, or whatever it happened to be. So uh, kind of piqued my interest into radio as I got into that when I was 16. And, and that was a job at a, at a small town radio station that uh, general manager at the time, Larry Schultz, and he's a guy I'm going to try and get on this show, uh, kind of uh, gave me opportunity. Uh, he needed help and he saw something in me and He'd put me on the air. He'd have me read news. He'd have me even work with our engineer on on how to fix stuff. Um, you named it. It seemed like uh, I, w- I was doing it. Uh, so that was a great opportunity I had in radio and really piqued my interest in what that business was. And that's what I something I thought. And I'll come foundationally back to this. That was what I thought I was going to be lifelong career in the radio broadcast business and maybe own a radio station someday. And, you know, looking back at, at the station owner at the time, uh, Glenn Olson, uh, you know, he owned a, a number of radio stations in the Midwest and had a home in Florida, had a house with a pool, had drove a Cadillac. I thought, wow, he's got it made. Uh, but I didn't know what the radio business was. So uh, just kept moving on, having fun, uh, learning my passion, if you will, of, of uh, something I loved and something that uh, I felt I was good at and people said I was good at. So uh, so that was fun to be a part of. Uh, and then uh, I needed a little bit of break from radio uh, as I was going through school and uh, into college and came home and got an opportunity to be a groundskeeper. You know, the radio work I was doing was a lot of nights, but I wanted something during the day in the summertime. Uh, so I ended up mowing grass uh, for a school district, uh, for my, the district I graduated from, uh, acres and acres of grass and uh, using a real gang mower, a Jacobson mower, uh, to mow wide open fields and things like that. So uh, that was uh, that was an experience, and uh, it takes me today as uh, my son and I have our own little lawn mowing business uh, that we've had for the last few years, uh, uh, cutting grass and some open lots here uh, in the area. I, I live in, in, in uh, Waterloo Cedar Falls area, Jessup, Iowa. Uh, so that's a little side business that uh, we'll get to here in a little bit. So, But also got a line baseball fields. So one of my uh, mentors growing up, he was a coach, he was a teacher, uh, Dave Hilton. Uh, he saw something in me as well. I remember in eighth grade, um, he was actually, as I go through this, he was the, actually the one that peaked, uh, that came to me about scoring baseball games. And I think that was after uh, I was on his eighth grade uh, basketball team and he had me keeping stats. I think he saw this kid doesn't really have any basketball talent, but I bet he's got some scorekeeping talent. Uh, and maybe he knew 
uh, he was foreshadowing into my broadcast uh, days uh, of calling basketball and baseball and whatever uh, that I do need. I wouldn't have to learn how to keep score uh, when I started having those uh, those roles. So I'll give hats off to Dave Hilton. Uh, he also was one that uh, he was a head softball coach, uh, a, ch- a state championship coach at Webster City, and he showed me how to chalk a field, uh, how to line a field, and. Uh, the batter's box and all that stuff, uh, kind of an art to that. Uh, I've got uh, about two acres of, of ground that I live on, and uh, for my kids, I'd always uh, go out and line the field. It was like an annual summer thing. I'd go out and line the field, and Dave would always chime in on social media when he'd see the pictures and uh, uh, chip off the old block he'd get in there. But uh, Dave, if you're listening, I appreciate uh, uh, the mentorship you've given me along the way, too, in so many different fashions. Uh, and then uh, as I went through Groundskeeper, then I got into, uh, I was still doing radio along the way. Uh, I think there was a summer I had four jobs. Why? I have no idea. But I guess I just kept busy. Uh, where that money went, I have no idea either. So who knows? I think I bought a TV and a stereo and who knows what else. Car probably. Uh, but uh, I, was in university. I was at Iowa State University and uh, an ad in the newspaper to be a, a football equipment manager. What is that? Well, I didn't know what it was. Uh, got in there, and you help the coaches uh, that they have equipment. So pads and take care of the shoulder pads and the helmets and practice. You're setting up practices, helping organize practices. Uh, this was back when you see the coaches on headset on the sideline. Uh, in my day, uh, age myself, uh, it was all wired, all corded uh, headsets, and that was something that uh, that we had to take care of on game day. And... Uh, you know, it, I think that also foreshadowed. I loved headsets, apparently. So between uh, uh, headsets uh, for sidelines for football, uh, but also enjoyed uh, uh, having, uh, you know, two-way radios when I was working for the school district uh, in the city. Um, you know, it was uh, kind of foreshadowing as well. And, and I didn't quite get into this, but I'll probably along the way, my first job I really wanted to do was an astronaut. And uh, actually, a buddy of mine, uh, Jason Page, who graduated high school with and grew up with, he's actually living in Australia right now, and that's another person I want to get on as uh, he works in medical device sales, and and that's a job that many people probably don't even know what it is or or how it works, but lives in Australia. Him and I went to space camp, and uh, we had a great time uh, as eighth graders, and I think we both realized we wanted to be astronauts and then realized after that experience, no, uh, we don't want to be astronauts. But what I do remember from that experience was being like the communication person and got to wear a headset. So headset uh, continues. So you'll see that in, in one of my media logos. It's actually a headset. So uh, anyway, equipment manager, had a great time. Uh, our Iowa State football team was horrible at the time. But uh, Dan McCarney, who was a longtime coach at Iowa State and uh, a, a mentor to so many people, uh, he has built that pro. He started building that program back in the in the mid '90s, and and Iowa State football today uh, has uh, has come a long ways with uh, Coach Matt Campbell. But met a lot of great people along the way there. Uh, but it gave me some insight into more of that world of sports, and 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 kind of piqued some interest and foreshadowed what my life would uh, become uh, in the world of sports, uh, in and outside of sports. So as I graduated or was graduating from uh, from Iowa State University, uh, went on uh, to become the uh, sports director for a small town radio station owned by uh, Glenn Olson that I, that I mentioned earlier. Uh, his son Brad Olson, another guy I'm going to get on this podcast, 
uh, who leads a marketing uh, outfit in uh, in Central Iowa, uh, they asked me to come uh, be in that position full time at 21, 22 years of age at uh, KWBG in Boone, Iowa, an AM radio station, and uh, started. I had one semester at Iowa State left. Went in and uh, uh, started working, kind of working three quarters time, if not full time, but was loving it. Calling sports at night. Uh, you know, on the air during the day, organizing music, uh, doing different uh, interview shows, that type of thing, overseeing the part-time workers and scheduling. So that uh, that took me into that. Uh, and then the morning show guy, uh, he left. So uh, they asked if I'd roll into that. And I said, well, why not? Other than uh, getting up at 5 in the morning or 4.30 in the morning or, or whatever it was, after maybe being at a, a, a basketball game or a baseball game the night before, ended up being some long days, but I loved it. I was passionate about the work I was doing, and I do have to give um, credit to a, a, the news director there, Jim Turbis. Uh, he bailed me out a number of times when my alarm didn't go off, or he would end up uh, going on the air and getting the show going while I uh, drug myself out of bed and, and got into the radio studio. So uh, going through that, but uh, that was a job too that uh, I realized I had some bills I had to pay, and I wasn't making the money that I thought I could make uh, or should be making because I didn't know when I took the job. I just wanted the job. It looked exciting. It was exciting. Uh, so I ended up having to, to bartend. So that was another part-time job that I got into uh, that uh, I really hadn't planned. But met some really good people along the way. Uh, learned how to make uh, Manhattans. Learned uh, uh, that I have a, a, a fondness for gin and tonics. So um, it, it was uh, it was an experience to to go through again. These are all things that I've gone along the way, and that maybe sounds like a lot. And we're coming to the end of this one. I'm going to have to get into uh, a second part episode of of where my life uh, continues after getting married and uh, working and and then becoming a dad and then really growing into a career where we ended up now and and then talk through maybe where I see uh, my career adventure going along the way as as uh, you. You follow along or, or even are a part of this, uh, but, um, you know, it's these are all experiences that I'm glad I went through. There were some frustrations along the way. Uh, there are one of them I'll, I'll talk about here uh, in our next segment of trying to stay in the radio business and how hard that was uh, to do and how hard it was to find opportunities uh, until that uh, passion piece got met here some years later on. Uh, to continue with that broadcasting role. Well, part two will be coming up uh, shortly, I guess, as as we close this out. And I don't want to keep these things more than more than uh, 15, 20, if not 22, 23 minutes. Uh, but uh, stick with us. I maybe rambled on there about my experiences, and you're like, oh my God, that's a lot of jobs. It certainly was. Uh, but the experiences and the people I met along the way I wouldn't trade it for anything. Again, thanks for being on this journey. And we, again, do ask you to subscribe and share this podcast. That's a job. Share it on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The That's a Job podcast presented by Career Adventure Academy. Discover the work you are wired to do. Live your adventure. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan VoiceOvers. Visit billjordanvo.com.
This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.